Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Great News with Kevin and Mike. I'm Kevin Ryder. This is Mike Catherwood. Yes, both of that. Both of those statements true. Yes. Uh-huh. And this is a podcast where we're focusing only on positive stories that raise your spirits because you don't want to watch the news all day. You may not believe it, but you need these stories. Correct. You do. Because not only does it make you feel better, but this is a great and, and clear reminder that this, the stories that we uh, like to bathe in, this is reality. Yeah. Mainstream media, social media, uh, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not blaming them, but what you get out of that, that is a very, very select, very filtered down collection of stories about bad stuff. And that is on not repeat, reflective. On repeat, on yes. repeat, on repeat. Yes. So. <clears throat> Intro! The show's about to begin, bro! Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues. Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Blah. Blah. Why, I'm a are, vampire. Blah. why are you a vampire? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Just hit you that way? My wife did an audition last night where <laughs> she was a vampire. I had to read with her. Lockdown auditions. We did it in the And I felt, I felt vampire-y, bro. All right. Look. Whatever. <laughs> um, a lot of my stories about dogs. I love dogs. They are great. They and provide a lot of great news. This particular dog is named Win, and it's. I'm a sorry s- to interrupt, Kevin. Um, no cats provide great news. It doesn't happen. Do you understand? We search the internet all day for fucking stories. There's no like cat saves life, cat lost forever, brings back tears and joy of joy. It's always like. Dog does amazing. Dog waits out in front of hospital for his owner for four days. Yeah, yeah. dog <laughs> saves a woman's life and she has a seizure. N- nothing about cats. Thank you. <laughs> you don't ever see an emotional support cat, do no. you? No. Uh, this dog's name is Win. It's a service dog in training that was being raised by Dr. Susan Ryan, and uh, she works at, at a hospital in Denver. And look at that. Look at that dog. Beautiful dog. And um, they were really having a hard time at the beginning of COVID because there were people that were dying in the hospital and there's no visitors. So they would have to be the FaceTime or they would have to relay messages back and forth. Bad bad combo. Dying, no one visiting. Yes. Yes. Really, really taking the toll on these people's hearts. Um, But watch this video and look at the difference this dog made in the human beings that it spent time with. A sense of comfort was found inside the emergency department at Rose Medical Center. Hi, guys. Thanks to a very special team member. In the beginning, it was really overwhelming. There there was a palpable sense of fear. We didn't know what we were going to see. Dr. Susan Ryan and her service dog in training, Wynn, gave us a glimpse into that world back in March when this photo went viral. The pair taking a moment on the hospital floor. That's the thing that helped me the most with this past year was Wynn grounded me. So at the end of a shift, even during a shift, I could pet her. I could smell her paw. All right, hold a up. Type of healing. Hold up there just for a second. Did she say smell her paws? Smell her paws. Yeah, it was about. <laughs> is that a thing? I get for Dr. Susan Ryan, it is. Because I don't. That's not a thing. Um, not that I, not even in dog world. 
I, like I they don't, don't smell each other. They smell assholes. <laughs> yes, they do that a lot. She she listed smell paws as number two number on the two, list. I pet pet her. That's right. the obvious go to. And then I sniff her paws. <laughs> that was odd. I just want to make sure that I'm on the and same I page. Shave off a lock of her hair, and I'd make <laughs> earrings out of it because that's what you do. All right, let's continue. Not always found in a hospital setting, which is why giving it up is so hard. Today she's turning in. Um, I've had her for two years, so she goes back to Canine Companions for her uh, graduate training. Wynn is moving on to help another person in need, but before that happens, <sighs> a goodbye gathering with the people who grew to love her. We all witnessed a lot this year. We had an incredible camaraderie. We were the best team I've ever imagined being around. She was part of our team. She, she saw us through. People would just pet her and break out to a smile when it was just the hardest day. A type of comfort maybe only a dog can offer. Come down here with her, Kelsey. Earning win, a send-off fit for a hero. So much love. She taught me how to, to stay present in the worst year of our lives. That's, that's a pretty big lesson. As for what's next for Wynn, her Hello. future training will help determine what kind of service dog she'll become. That could be anything from helping a veteran with PTSD to a child with special needs or even a facility dog in a setting like a courthouse or hospital. Rachel Skyda, Fox 31. That's awesome. Listen, I love that story, but I do have a question. Yes. Where would you expect a dog less than an emergency room? Right, emergency room during COVID. Yes. Where you, everyone's freaked about germs and yeah. <laughs> dogs and are the grossest. Dog, dog just running through. We, we've many times talked about how amazing dogs are, yeah. but gross and <laughs> like, like fucking nasty. I just would not expect a dog to be in that environment, but the fact that the dog brought that much to the people, not surprising at all. Yeah. Uh, all kidding aside, I, I was talking with my buddy um, who I hadn't had a chance to interact with it very much at all because of the lockdown. He, he's a cop. LAPD. And he doesn't have a phone? No, I mean, but you know, we're dudes. Like, <laughs> okay. we don't exactly call. Just like, say, hey, how are you? I just want to talk to you. Um, so I texted back and forth, but I finally had a chance to see him. And um, he, he was not in a, in, in, in a way to try to develop pity. He was just talking about his life. And you think about the struggle of an a ER surgeon, a nurse, a cop, a fire. You think about the actual in, day in, day out struggle of having to work so hard, having to potentially get in a gunfight or a fist fight. Obviously, the, the things that are obvious that come with the job. I never, and I think a lot of us are the same way, don't think about the emotional toll. No. That Agreed. comes along with jobs like that. And, um, you know, if a dog can just lessen that a little bit, so be it, man. That's the way I think about it. I agree. Um, this is, speaking of hospitals. Yeah, never cats. Never. Never. Look, Automatic fu. That's what. That's it. You understand? That's in its DNA. <laughs> that's how they're born. That's a lot of people don't know <laughs> they that. Come, they come out of the womb. It's <laughs> a lot longer finger. Meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> like little Tupacs. Um, uh, speaking of hospitals, this is um, tragic to even address. But this young girl, very young girl, has spent the majority of her life in a hospital. She has a very rare condition, and unfortunately, that's just something that happens. Uh, Children are ill and they have to deal with that. And this girl has a very rare condition. And one of the ways that um, her family and then those who are caring for her have found that she can receive some solace is, with, is through music and 
lip syncing and singing along to songs that she finds. And uh, when she was engaging in this, it turned out to be one of the most inspirational viral videos that's come along in a long time. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. I was not. Check this out. Four-year-old Leah Carroll is lip-syncing her heart out to her favorite gospel song called Overcomer. It's a bold choice for a little girl who has spent more time inside Oakland Benioff Children's Hospital than she has outside. Some of her closest playmates are the nurses treating her for severe congenital neutropenia. It's a rare blood disorder where bone marrow is unable to make normal white blood cells. Dr. Allison Matsunaga was one of the first to treat her. She has issues with just normal feeding, so she's required many different treatments. To distract Leah from boredom and sometimes pain. Her mother looked for songs on the internet. That's how Leah became a fan of gospel singer Mandisa. It was this one video of Leah singing Overcomer that transformed the pint-sized patient into an internet sensation with more than 37 million views. Lindsay is Leah's mother. What is it about that video that you think resonates with people? The world needed some joy right now, especially in the United States. I think Leah just has this pure joy about her. Leah has survived two bone marrow transplants and numerous side effects. And the song itself is just really, really fitting for her life. Little Leah's voice has inspired both the sick and healthy who have posted comments on her video from around the world, even inspiring Mandisa herself. It's Mandisa! Doctors say Leah's neutropenia is close to being cured, earning her the nickname Leah the Overcomer. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Oakland, California. That's, that's so crazy that there's so much inspiration coming from a hospital bed. Right. This is not somebody that has an easy life. And I, I think that one of the most, more important things you can take away from that is... Um, we all, look, I'm guilty of it too, even the great news guys, we're guilty of it. You find some story about like uh, the husband secretly, pl- you know, watch Dateliners, the husband secretly plotted the murder and poisoned his wife over <laughs> six, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I need to hear about this. And it, or, you know, you go online and you see some horrible story about racism or something, and I'm like, I go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But... 37 million people wow. watched that video. And I'm sure by now it's probably well over 50 million. So there is a natural connection to the beauty of life. And that little girl got a lot from that experience. But then you saw the crowd, the, the uh, art, musical artist herself. She gave, got something she received. And it, it spreads like a positive, happy virus. And that's, uh, that's amazing to me. I love that. Uh, what do you do when you get an Amber Alert? Um, to be honest, do you it's, like, it's a little different now that I have my own kid. Right. Do you, you sort of take notice of what the cart? So do I, I. Do, I so do. do I. And I, and I am that guy who I'm the guy I watch John wick and I'm like, I can, I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to do good. I'm going to kill for good. And I always have these delusions of grandeur. Like I'm going to be a hero someday. So when I get an Amber, you I'm were like, a bird hero last episode. So, um, I, I do, I get the Amber alert. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find this fucking guy and he's going to go down. Right. Yeah. I do the same thing. Um, and I think it 
probably makes a difference if you have kids or not, how much you pay attention to that. But that's not necessarily true with our next story. Two Louisiana sanitation workers saved a kidnapped girl. Their names are Dion Merrick and Brandon Antoine. And they heard the Amber Alert and they paid attention to the car. It was a silver car. And in the course of doing their job, they saw the car. No way. Check this out. Now, this story is also one of heroism. There are two men being called heroes tonight in Acadiana. You see, we often tell you if you see something when we're telling you news stories, call police. And often we hear from police that no one's saying anything. Well, not in this case. We're talking about two sanitation workers who this morning had already started their route along Burton Plantation Highway in St. Martin Parish. And they saw something that just didn't look right. They were aware of the Amber Alert that was issued in the description of the car and noticed in an open field a ramp random silver car parked there. They called 911. They also used their garbage truck to block the muddy driveway of sorts so that the suspect could not leave before police arrived. Our Scott Brazda has their story tonight. Uh, got the Amber Alert roughly around 1.30 this morning. You know, uh, it had a description of the car, the uh, suspect, and uh, the little girl. At about 7.30, two employees for Pelican Waste and Debris were on the job. They were aware of an amber alert that had come out in the morning about a missing child in New Iberia. And as they drove down Burton Highway, they looked off to their left, and in the field behind me, they saw something suspicious. Man, and something told me, bro. Something <laughs> told me. Like, just look. I said, what the car, what that car doing? Where it ducked off in the field like that? And he was like, B, you know this is what I just seen? And I was like, what's that? He was like, man, that looked like that silver Nissan that they say on the Amber Alert that he's seen on the Amber Alert. Using Facebook video to give us on the scene nearly at the moment video, Dion Merrick and Brandon Antoine were the Pelican employees who chose to act and trap suspect Michael Serial in the wet and muddy field. Look what you was for. Look what I did that truck. I, block, I blocked the truck in, make sure you couldn't get out. Call 911 at the same time, back my truck up in the driveway to make sure he didn't get out and uh, Talked to the 911 operator, and she basically told me had about a minute before uh, a deputy was going to be on the scene. Both men are fathers, dads, and what happened and could have happened? That strikes close to home, and why deciding to get involved was a no-brainer. She's safe, bro. Thank God, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I got a little girl. You know what I mean? On my job, doing doing what I got to do, dog. You know what I mean? The other message from our heroes, so often they say people tend to drive by. You tend to look the other way. You choose not to get involved. Thank God our heroes, Dion and Brandon, chose to do otherwise. In St. Martinville, Scott Brasda, KTC, TV3. That guy was so... Two men who chose to get involved and not look the other way could have possibly made all the difference in this case. Well... Okay. All right. That was a great update. Okay. Good little, good little tail end there. <laughs> that guy good was ender. so happy. There's on another video. He's he's like, I saved her. She's great. This is, this is so exciting. Like he's right. He couldn't have been more genuinely excited to have played a part in that. Dude, he saved a little girl. Yes. That, I mean, that's not exaggeration. There was a kidnapped yeah. child, and they got her back. Yep. To safety. They that dr- is. So awesome. They drove across the other side of the street. There was no one coming and they got off and they, you know, put their truck right there. So the guy couldn't get, couldn't get out. And they called 911. Hell yeah. Agreed. I mean, and, and honestly, like 
I'm nothing. I'm not in any way trying to uh, make a hierarchy of people in society. I meant that the fact that there were they were civilians. You know, yeah. this wasn't an off-duty cop or this. They were just dudes doing yeah. their job, and they're like, "No, no, no, not today, buddy. Yeah. That's the car. Yeah, I love time that. to act. I love that. Awesome. Um, the, okay, Kevin, you know me. You've yes. known me for a long time. Yes. You, I promise you, you're going to be like, Mike, why'd you bring in some silly joke story? This is real. This happens once an episode, by this the way. This is real. This isn't me. Bring, and occasionally I do bring in just silly stuff because I, I think it puts a smile on people's face. This is totally real. It is strange. But I really do think if you take the time to, to separate yourself from the kind of the novelty of it. I love this whole setup. This is, be- this is a beautiful story. Is and I'm, this is from Taiwan. Uh, so I will have to translate for those of you who don't read subtitles listening via um, podcast. But uh, check this out. This is Vincent. He runs a charity providing sexual services to disabled people. I've had a very difficult life journey. That's why whenever I see disabled people like me, I feel for them and I see myself in them. And that's why I want to do this. I developed polio three months after I learned to walk. Wow. I learned to crawl on the floor until I was able to walk with walking. I had uh, walking with a stick at a young age. Uh, I began relying on a wheelchair at the age of 45 because of post-polio syndrome, which I didn't know existed. Wow. Vincent wanted to help disabled people. So he found the Hand Angels. A service staffed by, okay, a service staffed by volunteers. Now I think you know where this is going. Based in Taiwan. Our most basic service is to help our client, whether they're male or female, to masturbate. It's a complete process from touching the person to holding them, or helping them reach orgasm. The group has helped six people so far. The service helps those who can not masturbate. My sexual desire is exactly the same as people who are not disabled. However, I have my hands. I can use my hands to satisfy my needs. I have my, uh, I can't see what this is. My boyfriend who can also help me with that. uh, If my needs, his needs can be, oh, sorry. I have a microphone blocking the view, so sorry for those of you who think I just can't read. But there are people out there who can't move their hands. Even if they can their hand, move their hands, they might not be able to experience enjoyable sex acts. Who can help these people to satisfy their needs? And this is a male volunteer, Don. For us volunteers, before starting any service, we have a long period of time discussing the status of a client, although actual service lasts only 90 minutes. <laughs> we spend 90 seconds. Around, I was going to say, <laughs> they're so lucky they don't have music line because that <laughs> 90 minutes is 40 sessions. <laughs> uh, we spend around six months preparing for it. The female receiver. Miao Nu didn't want to be identified. Her words are 
spoken by to a my parents, I'm translator. To my parent, to my parents, I'm always a kid, a kid who doesn't need always sex. Always a kid. Uh, a kid doesn't need sex. Oh, sorry. See you. During the interview, Vincent and I talked a lot and I also asked a lot of questions. So after the interview, I was really, really re looking forward to it. Even though I had not met uh, the volunteers that was going to provide service to me, I started to have all my imaginations, all my fantasies. She's very shy. Because she had never been naked in front of others. Uh, apart from her caregivers. I took it as if I was going for a one-night stand with a girl I met online. So I just opened the door, got in the room, uh, showered, showered, took off my clothes, Clothes went to a... And spoke with her. Okay. But we're speaking to each other, we went to bed. Just like normal sex. In the process, I was actually pretty satisfied, um, and I feel like what I couldn't get before, now I could get. So I was happy. Critics say that the service like this are a type of prostitution. Hand Angels maintain that they are doing, what they're doing is legal in Taiwan, they think I'm a sex worker, I'm fine with that. The female volunteer, Anand. When I was with him, he cannot barely move all his body. So they just already like take off his clothes and with a blanket and like he cannot move. So I have to do the whole process. Other foundations, most of the time they are founded by like religion group or parent group and they will think how to help them get, get a job or live by their own, but they don't think of their sex right. And that's what we do. Because a lot of uh, disabled people around me who are homosexual or heterosexual or bisexual don't have a happy life, they have a lot of issues with their sex life. I want to live in an environment where I am happy. I think, we, look, we got, we got the gist of the story. I, I understand how you can look, this could be looked at as controversial. I understand, like, maybe if you're incredibly religious, right, you don't get this. But this, I thought that was really beautiful. And if you look, again, look past... They're called the hand angels. Hand angels. Which is... What do I do, IRS? Uh, hand angel. Amazing. <laughs> I often have called myself a hand wizard in, in, my, in my bathroom by myself. Um, but look, I mean, they're exactly right. A lot of services are provided for disabled people to help them get jobs, to help them to learn to live on their own, all that. I think you're right. No one thinks about that. No one thinks about that. that. That guy is disabled himself, and he's like, hey, I know a lot of people... Uh, very sim who are in a similar situation but don't have the luxury of using their hands or don't have the luxury of having a sex life because of their handicap, this should be provided. And I completely agree. I thought it was a really beautiful story. And <sighs> all kidding aside, think about how giving those volunteers are. Yeah, no kidding. To just be like, I'll take all comers, pardon the pun, um, I I'm here to help you. And I, right. I want to make and, this a And I'm not... 
going to get anything out of it. I, yeah. Except you, for helping. Yeah. And that's, it, you're, it's a little bit uncomfortable, right? But um, I, I thought a, a very beautiful and unique story. It's very unique. I'll give you that. Uh, in Chandler, Arizona, there's a woman named Elvina Ford, and she had a diamond ring that her husband of 35 years designed six years ago. So F him. So she walked into a hair salon, and not long after, somebody came into the hair salon and told her that her car had been broken into. So, hey, fool, listen. Um, hey, Rudy. I hate to interrupt, dog. I was just, in, okay. I know. I, like, I, I want to hear about the, the ring girl. Okay. Hopefully it's a brown ring. You it's know, that's not, my, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I just I just heard that last story about yes. hand angels. Well, yes. And it, it moved me uh-huh. so much and it reminded me of recently it was Valentine's Day. Yes, it was Valentine's Day. And um, my wife and I, you know, we had sad girl love, you know? Yeah. And I was there to provide her a service sexually. Right. Would and she tell us that that's what was happening? I hope so. I hope I'm not embarrassing her by mentioning this. Pero I've learned through generations of North American Indians, my family, they've taught me. You know, my grandpa told, taught my, my dad, and um, he, he taught me. Your about, lineage is, is American Indian? North American Indian, fool. Okay. Where's Mexico? Okay. Where's Mexico, dog? All right, I got you. Puto, dog. Hey, mira. So he used my great grandpa. Yes. Uh, you know, little little fretboard. What's his name? Little fretboard. Okay. His name was Javier, but they called him little fretboard. And like, um, he was a a a, a, a native, and he used to hunt buffalo, and hunt. you have to do it for hours. Hunt or hump? Hunt. Hunt, fool. What Hunt. the fuck? Dog? I don't know where you're going I'm with this. crazy fool you think I am. My family, the animal humpers, dog. Not, <laughs> not even, dog. So he used to hunt the buffalo, fool. And <laughs> right. the buffalo are like athletic, big vatos, you know? Sure. So you have to do it all, all day. And he discovered that you have to stay in a, in a zone where you only breathe through your nose. Because if you get to the point where you have to gasp with your mouth, mm-hmm. you're going to gas out too quick. So you have to just stay in that zone, you know, like okay, nasal breathing. Okay. So I've learned to adapt that to sex or, okay. or humping, as you call it. And on Valentine's Day, my wife, she got special dressed up and did her eyebrows with a Sharpie, you know, drew them on very sure. nice because sure. it was a big day. Sure. And I was doing nasal breathing, <laughs> humping. Like this, and <laughs> like this. I don't think we need to see it. <laughs> but it went on so long, she started to get sweaty. Oh, okay. You know? And her eyebrows were <laughs> started just, to run. Were dripping, you know, like uh, Giuliani. You know, like Giuliani's yes. mira, his 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 hair is. Yeah, his hair dye was, was coming like, down was, the side of his face. It looked like it was just like little. Yeah. But like, it was almost like mira proverbial tears. Because right. she, and she looked in the mirror. She's like, oh no, my eyebrows are runny. And I stopped what I was doing. And I got down on one knee. And I presented my pito and I wiped her face gently like this. And I said, don't worry, honey. Even without eyebrows, 
you're still the only one I love. And, and she, ah, she started to cry. And she, we had this tender moment, you know, and my pito had the black ink all over. And I just wanted to share that because I was there for her in her time of need, you know, to fill that, that Th void. For that's her. what you're about. That's what you've always been about. And that's one of the, you know, so all you vatos or lesbianas out there who are, are faced with the moment when you can be there for your lady, rise to the occasion. Be that. Only on ABC 15, a piece of... What are you doing? <laughs> hey, fucking Sully. He's tired of... Don't... He's tired don't of the story. Don't on my story, dog. <laughs> all right, I'm out. Go Dodgers. <laughs> All right, back to the uh, story out of Chandler, Arizona. Stolen ring. Uh, Evelyn uh, Elvina Ford took off her amethyst and diamond ring. Her husband gave her six years ago, and she went in to get her hair done. Somebody came running in, said that her car had been broken into, and she ran outside, and glass was everywhere, and watched this video. Only on ABC 15, a piece of jewelry with funny a special meaning stolen from a valley woman. The window of her car smashed, her precious belonging taken, and she thought she'd never see it again. But just as all hope seemed lost, help arrived. Here's ABC 15's Nicole Valdez. We have a lifelong connection. Now. We do, girl. <laughs> I hope you know it. Yeah, we okay. do. But Mary Botha and Elvina Ford met just four days ago when fate somehow worked its magic. I went to get my hair cut. And a nice gentleman came in and he said, does anybody own a Ford Escape? And I said, I do. He said, well, they just smashed a window out. So I got up and I went outside and there was my car, glass everywhere. And I noticed my purple book bag was gone. Inside an amethyst and diamond ring worth more than money can buy. I never do that. That ring is irreplaceable. My husband designed it and made it for me. And we have been married 35 years. Not even hours later, both have found herself taking an exit off the 202 she never takes to get home. And when I got to the bottom of the ramp, there was a bright purple blingy backpack <laughs> in the middle of the lane, had not been run over yet or anything. So I put my hazard lights on, looked around me, no cars ran across, picked it up and got it in my car. All right, hold up. Because I knew somebody would be looking for it. I saw the keys. All right, hold up. <laughs> So she stops her car in the middle of the road, puts on her hazards, gets out of the car, looks both ways. There's no cars coming, and she runs over and picks up the bag. Okay, good. So that's kind of crazy. It is. It's beautiful. And the reason she did it is because she knew somebody would be looking for it, which is really a nice thing to do. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if I would do the same, because it is a, a beautiful thing to do, but. Like a backpack out in the, you'd be like, I'd probably be like, oh, some. It's a bomb. Yeah. Or, or, or just it's, it's trap. It's, you know, somebody's books from fucking college. You know? Right. Well, she stopped and you'll see what it meant to the other woman. That's what made me think, oh my gosh, there's keys on there and everything. Inside a Chandler school district ID with Ford's name and photo. So that night I Googled and Googled and Googled and I finally found her school. And called every number she could find. The next morning, she got a call back from the woman who was sure that bag was gone. She was so emotional on the phone with me when she said, I know the ring's probably gone. And I said, well, where did you put it in your bag? And she said, in the hat. And I said, let me look. So I got the bag out and I got the hat out and I opened it up. I said, Alvina, your ring is here with another ring and a necklace. Like, it's here. And she just started bawling. 
And she just kept saying, you know how much I love you? Do you know how much I love you? <laughs> they met that same morning. She said, I'm glad I could get your ring back to you. Yeah. I because I know how much, I'm looking at you and I know how much this means to you. And I was thinking to myself, you are the most selfless, no. beautiful woman I have ever met in my life. But clearly something more happened that day. I just Forever. feel a huge connection to her <laughs> and I think it was meant to be. Something in each other that's been hard to find recently. I don't feel like I'm that important, but she did make me feel like that I was that important. Absolutely. She did. She made me feel like I was important enough. Oh, absolutely to find me. I appreciate that. A touching, tender moment between strangers. We just need to do the right thing. Yes. And one person can make a difference in this world. Building an extraordinary bond. Thank you so much, Mary. Yes, ma'am. In Chandler. <laughs> love you. I love you too. Nicole Valdez, ABC 15, Arizona. I didn't really feel that important, but she made me feel that important. Yeah. That's an amazing statement. That is. That and, shouldn't be overlooked. And to the husband that designed the ring and built it? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Straight up cat baby. Because <laughs> um, you're making us look bad. Uh, it was a pretty ring, too. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a great story. I love that one. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin. I'm a little embarrassed. I've cried at 50% of the stories that we do on the show. You're not embarrassed by crying at stories? No, I'm embarrassed that I cried at this one because it's about prom dresses. Look, it can be so meaningful and emotional to people. That's what you relate to. I guess so. And I, I thought about what uh, someone does. Again, you, they may not be able to provide lots of money to uh, people in need. They may not be able to provide services. But what they can do is work with their skill set to help people in need. And that's exactly what Chloe does in England. I thought this was a really beautiful story. Check it out. After talking to a girl whose parents couldn't afford to buy her a prom dress, Chloe decided to do something about it. She hosted a prom dress day for girls in her hometown of Thorock. Is that where Thor lives? What the fuck? Thorock. <laughs> Shame. We'll do something about it, and it really encouraged me to actually do something about it because I was really fortunate and lucky, and other people aren't. Okay, pause. Lucky. I I know that's English, but I do <laughs> think there needs to be some translation. Um, she said, like, uh, I I felt moved to do something about it. I know that I was so fortunate when I was a kid to be able to get a prom dress, but I know that there are girls who aren't as fortunate. So this is what she did. I've decided to make a change rather than just It took Sarah two hours to pluck up the courage to try a dress. That's the young girl who tried one on. For that reason and that reason only, look at her. It was just amazing. She looked so beautiful. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Chloe um, message Chloe laid last night to find out what it was all about. And she just said, come along. Otherwise, I'm going to get such a beautiful. That's a young girl's mom. So thank you to Chloe. She's done something wonderful today. And I hope you've made lots of other little things for really you. That reaction. That made everything worthwhile, the hard work, all the driving, the crying, the blood, the sweat and the tears. That reaction, that's what I wanted and that's why we do it.
Um, say drugs in there? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the drugs. <laughs> Go get me drugs. Um, I know why you were crying, because you're a parent. That's why. It, and you think about, like, what it It seems, not only am I a parent, but I'm, I'm a guy. Yeah. If I couldn't get a tuxedo for my prom, I'd be like, okay, now I don't have to work. <laughs> Great. I don't have to work tuxedo. Um, but, you know, to think of a, a young girl, a 16-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl, and to not only have the disappointment of not being able to afford, uh, her parents not be able to afford, but the shame that would come around that. Yeah. And to have someone step in and be like, I'll make you dress. By the way, that's not like making them a cupcake. Making a oh, dress. Oh, I didn't know she was making it. Yes. Oh, wow. Dude, and providing, and then and, uh, curating It was a others, language problem. I curating make. others and finding them. So she, she makes dresses. She finds um, used ones, maybe from secondhand stores, and then uh, improves them, you know. Wow. Bedazzles them, whatever the hell you do with a dress. I don't know. But, but either way, and then she says, uh, girls in the neighborhood who can't afford it, Here's your day, and it, it comes right before prom season. And I, I thought that was really, really beautiful. That's really sweet. Yeah. That's uh, great news for today. Yep. If you like it, please subscribe. And if you don't, please subscribe. <laughs> I could have said it better myself. <laughs> Outro! You know what I'm talking about, bro! Yeah! <laughs> a cat gives you middle fingers because cats really suck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about cats. That may have been off target. <laughs> Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice.